interestingly, that you know the cap rates are not always uh, you know it, it's hard to justify them in in a lot of circumstances. So you know what what that has led us to lead to say, hey, how can we add value even with current reality? And so we, even though we started working on layers, you know, call it half a year to a year ago, it, 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 it actually shows where, you know, it's very beneficial because now when we go into a, a property, we don't necessarily buy a lot of the value add plays that are being pitched right now, but okay. it, it, is, it is the value add that we've created and it, it took a significant investment. So, you know, lots of people can try and replicate it, but to actually do it and to execute on it takes a big investment. And so that's, that's kind of more where we're, where we're looking to add our, our value right now at this point. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. As always, haven't changed yet. Still me. And with me today, special guest, Daniel Farber, CEO of HLC, HLC Equity, a great company. Love to hear a little more about it. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me here. Appreciate oh, it's it. my pleasure. This is, uh, this is fun for me. This is what I do all day. You know, this yeah. is, uh... <laughs> I was just thinking as you were doing the intro, it must get tiring at some point to, to do it, to do so, like to do so many podcasts, but it's, you can feel the energy that you get and it seems like you never get worn down. So never. Yeah. I love this. I, if I could do this, you know, I've debated putting out like daily episodes just like multiple yeah. times a day. It's just, it's, I haven't figured out the workload yet, you know, how to, how to really do that. But no, I enjoy this. Literally, I would not be doing this if I didn't love it. And that's, I think to me, I heard once from um, a good friend of mine, Ellie Shine, who said in the name of Jordan Harbinger, who's one of the most famous podcasters in the world, right? Built a name for himself, you know, multi-million dollar business that he said, uh, and really, you know, Ellie, a friend of mine mentioned this to me when I was thinking of starting Weiss Advice. And he told me, listen, do not start a podcast unless you love it, unless you really enjoy it, unless you love doing it. Otherwise, don't start. If you're doing it for any other reason, you want to get have a good job, you want to do it for monetary reasons, you want to do it for fame, for this, that, don't do it. Only, those things will come if you're yeah. good and you love it, then those yeah. things are, you know, are going to come. Otherwise, so that for me, that's always, this, always been the starting point. Yeah, that's great advice. <laughs> and it's worked out well for you, so. Yeah, absolutely. We can end it right here. That's it. We, uh, yes. no, I'm just kidding. Um, a little, a little background, just so you guys know. Um, Daniel, like I said, is the CEO of HLC Equity. It's a, uh, a real estate investment company. They own hundreds of millions in uh, in multifamily properties and uh, real estate investment management. Also, a property management company that they launched. He will tell us a little more about how they came to be. Uh, you know, and, and what that, what they're all about, but you know, he's also the founding sponsor, uh, together with his wife of prop tech 360, which is a, uh, a prop tech, a real estate platform. And they have, um, a global summit. I actually attended a couple of years back in Israel, a yeah. really great, uh, platform bringing together amazing people, amazing products, amazing, you know, things in the prop tech space, which is, uh, incredible as well. So Daniel, tell me a little bit how, you know, you grew up around real estate, right? It was yeah. uh, something you've been around for a long time. 
Yeah, I have and I haven't because, you know, HLC, it is a multi-generational real estate investment company, but it was never something that I necessarily, it wasn't a given that I was going to be in the real estate business or that anybody else for that matter was going to be in the real estate business. And just, you know, sometimes things align. I mean, when I was in college, I was on track to become either a journalist or a diplomat, right? So, so you know, it's one of these things like who knows where, where life is going to take you. And so eventually that is what happened. And I, I've always had an interest in real estate in the sense of you see beautiful buildings and you wonder how they get put together and how people interact in them. And how they interface with the you know the built environment and so forth has always fascinated me. Um, but I never knew that I was going to be full thrown into um, you know, real estate. But uh, you know my personal journey of how I got there is uh, is it, probably you know, going to be more than a half an hour. So I don't know that we're going to go into that. But you know I can I can quickly kind of you know run through HLC and you know we're uh, like we said a multi generational real estate investment company it used to be very focused in the commercial retail. Uh, world, um, neighborhood shopping centers, what we call net lease assets and so forth, still hold a certain portfolio in that space. But over the last several years, we've also gotten much more involved in, in multifamily. And so we um, now have some focus markets where we're looking to build up, you know, further portfolio in multifamily, Dallas, Denver. We were doing a little bit in New York. That's a little bit less interesting right now. Pittsburgh, some other, some other uh, growth markets, you know, Southern uh, state growth markets as well. And uh, while we're managing these properties, we also have created a innovative and also lucrative uh, property management model that you know is kind of out of the box and, and has benefited our, our investments. And now we also are able to offer it to other uh, owners to benefit them as well. So that's kind of a quick snapshot of what we're up to. All right. Awesome. Well, so when you say a lucrative property management model, that now you're you know doing for your own investments and for other others as well, right? What what is that about? Uh, you know, how did how did you come up with that and how is it benefiting you know others as well? Sure. So so HLC Equity is our investment arm, and we go in and we buy our real estate through HLC Equity. And while we're owning these communities, we and we property manage our own communities. We're always thinking there's got to be a different model. I mean, property management and owning you know multifamily communities has been around for so long, there's got to be something better that we can do. And we um, have always been very community focused. And we thought it was very interesting that we own these communities. So we also said, you know, how can we take these communities that we own and, and, and really enhance the community just by using technology and some general operational efficiencies. So right. you know, we, we built a brand because we felt that there was a space that, you know, in the market for a consumer centric brand. So our brand is layers. And we created a whole operating model around it where we leverage technology to enhance the community. But on top of that, we also have an offering called service departments. So we basically go into traditional multifamily investments, but we are able to offer a hybrid between conventional apartments and service departments. And on the service departments, we're able to you know, basically compete with ex- extended stay hotels, but we're doing long-term leases. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's highly profitable on a unit economic basis and that's, that benefits our investments. And so now when we look at investments, we look at it and that's what I mean, lucrative. I, you know, sure. we, we have the benefits of everything that we've built in terms of community content technology, but then we also have this service offering, which is, there's a real demand. So interestingly, we've actually grown throughout the pandemic because there's been a huge demand for service departments that we've found. Can you give me so, an example of, you know, who, for, for those who are listening, who may not understand what that means, like what, what is a service apartment and how does that differ from a regular apartment? 
right? So, so it's so at the very basic level, it's furnished apartments, but we're not just talking about like we go on Craigslist and we throw some furniture, and we have a whole set operational, you know, standard of how we furnish the apartments, and we have partnerships with uh, some of the kind of tech forward furniture companies that are able to come in and and we take no liability. We don't own own the furniture. And so that they're furnished. So obviously there's a premium on that. And we're set, and then around that, we're able to offer all kinds of services, whether it's, you know, dog walking services, cleaning services, laundry services, all of that stuff. That stuff is, is, you know, is some um, incremental dollars. It's not, it's not like the serious premiums and the mm-hmm. premiums come from the service, uh, the furnished side, but it sounds very easy. And there are lots of people who do furnish, but to actually create this whole model, we've brought on a great team that like, you know, in uh, the, they came from the corporate housing and in the hospitality world, but to be able to package it so that it fits in multifamily from a zoning perspective, from the lender's perspective, from all of those different perspectives, gotcha. it takes a lot of work. Right. Oh, it sounds like it. So it's, it's a whole package. And so you're offering yeah. that on top of the regular units within yep. a community. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a lower percentage of our overall, mm-hmm. uh, apartments and then there's also like a whole risk mitigation because when we go in and we buy buy a property it's 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 upside and then our downside is that worst comes to worst we have just a regular apartment that we need to rent out right right so yeah so yeah obviously that goes into the model of uh, in the underwriting um, right. give me a couple examples because you did mention you know using leveraging technology and different aspects of that to run your you know run your communities give sure. a few examples if, if you would of because uh, i know you you obviously are involved in prop tech and, and using sure. different platforms and different services. Maybe some yeah. of those examples that are, are things that, you know, at this point you really can't live without um, yeah. some of well, the communities you use. Definitely. So, you know, I mean, I mean, the most basic example is obviously we have a community app, which every landlord today that, you know, manages communities at scale should have. Right. And so we have a, a community app that allows us to, have a, a much more um, kind of personal relationship with our residents and then our residents are able to communicate with one another. And that's everything from the practical stuff like, hey guys, does anybody know who dropped their iPhone in the parking lot mm-hmm. to, you know, to stuff like, you know, somebody may be looking for a job, can somebody help, uh, right. is there childcare, all that type of stuff. And then we're able to actually, be, you know, get involved to a certain extent um, and, and try and help enhance those communities. And then throughout the pandemic, you know, we already had all this infrastructure set up, right? So virtual tours was like a given already. We couldn't do live events, which is something we're very big on. So we did all of our events through kind of like this virtual world that we've built, which isn't, you know, hopefully we can go back to doing the live events. But for the meantime, we've already been set up. So, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff that is like today just, just given was stuff that we had been working on. Awesome. That's incredible. So these apps that that you you guys create them, or it's kind of a third party platform that you know. Yeah, no, we only up. use third party. Yeah, thanks. It's a great question. We only use third party platforms because we believe that our real added value is our operational know how, and 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 so it, you know, there's great technology companies like you know that gets into PopTech 360, but there's some great technology companies that you know we can partner with, and 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 we have some technology experts who we who advise us to create a full stack. And what's just really important is that anybody we work with needs to have an open API because we want to build, you know, we want to use the best of all the third-party technologies that are out there. That's super interesting. Yeah. That's incredible. Just so we have a little more context here, how many, uh, I don't know if a number, uh, doors, apartment complex, apartment unit communities. Sure. 
yeah. all together? So, are you guys managing? Well, so, I mean, in Dallas, across three properties, there are 700 units. We sold a, a portfolio of properties that, that in, in Denver and some other deals that we've sold. So we're, we're now you know, looking to, to deploy more and to build out the portfolio, both in Denver and some more in Dallas. And then we also have a service called Layers Light. So Layers Light is a service that we also are able to serve other owners and operators. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a very plug and place tool where we just come in and we are able to offer the service department side of what we've built to these people. So we have one apartment building that we're launching in Manhattan this month. Interesting. There will be a more formal announcement, but we've already started. That will be you know, a layers branded building, basically. And then we also have some other uh, large properties in the pipeline under the layers brand that that's you know, coming into development over the next month or two. Very cool. Yeah, very interesting. That's awesome. And so there's also um, this PropTech 360 thing that, that you guys got going. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. I came across, stumbled across that from a, a colleague of mine a couple years back. And yeah. uh, I you know, gained a tremendous amount. You had people there from all over the world who yeah. were launching different types of uh, uh, products, different types of brands within PropTech. So whether from... Uh, you know, uh, blockchain technology to uh, record leasing information across, uh, you know, things like that to, uh, you know, a smart, uh, smart lock uh, technologies right. to, uh, right. you know, everything in between. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about more, you know, what drove you guys to, to start that? Sure. No, definitely. So, so first of all, I, I think that's the first time you and I got to meet face to face, you know, basically what, what, how that came about is it was around 2017, and I have been going to a lot of PropTech events around the world just because we wanted to make sure as owners and operators that we knew what was going on because we felt yeah, and still feel that you know there, there's, there are going to be major technology shifts within the market. And so we yeah. want to know what's going on and to take part in that. And it, it, it's exciting. So you know, going to London and New York and going to these different PropTech events and then uh, you know, go, I came back uh, home to where we live in, in Israel and and it was just kind of like, you know, this is crazy. Like, there's so much technology innovations going on in Israel. And there are so many people in Israel that are involved in real estate in one form or another. And yet there's no, like, there has been no, even like mention it. In 2017, you, most people, even in the technology space, didn't even know what crop tech meant, right? right? In Israel specifically. So, uh, so Avia, my wife, she comes from the urban planning world and she uh just kind of said you know what this this is crazy and let's let's go for it let's see uh, you know let's invite some of our contacts and let's see what type of event we can put together so she got in contact with all of the various uh you know technology companies both both like the corporates and the startups in israel and also abroad and and we invited them and i we invited some of our real estate contacts and 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 just crazy enough you know people just came from like you said the first one was in 2018, and people came from all over the place, from Europe and Asia, obviously from America, because that's where we have a lot of uh, contacts. Israel, obviously, and so that you know that was pretty, pretty, uh, uh, that was pretty wild. And then, and then we we did the next year, and then even more. I mean, we like doubled the amount of people, and you know, all of a sudden, more people are showing up from China and Singapore and other countries in Europe, Greece, uh, all over the place, and it was just really exciting. And we planned on doing, yeah, you know, that was in 2019, 2020, we planned on actually doing a very large one in Tel Aviv. 
Obviously, that didn't pan out, but you know, we'll wait until uh, hopefully 2021, 2022, we'll do another one. In the meantime, what we've been able to do is to create a lot of great relationships with these startups and you know, be try and be helpful when we can, because a lot of times, you know, there people have great ideas, but when they come to me and then I show it to my operations folks, they're like, this is really cool, but it doesn't work besides X, Y, and Z. So we're just happy to be able to kind of be that sounding board. And then on the other hand, you know, we, we have a, a small little angel investment side that we participate in some of these startups to try and help them grow in, uh, from an investment standpoint. And then we've also, you know, created partnerships with the startups, which had, had plays into our, our kind of overall technology offering with layers. Right. And that's incredible because there are so many, like you said, so many startups, so much technology coming out that are specifically geared for the real estate industry. And right. I mean, hundreds of them. And yeah. so you mentioned, you know, these people coming from, uh, you know, from Europe and Asia and, and all over the place. And in Israel itself, there are a, a huge amount of startups specifically for the real estate industry. And I hear about more and more all the time which yeah. I'm fascinated. And so to have kind of a, a community, which is what you've built, that people can share ideas and share, yeah. um, you know, contacts as well. And, and to have that sounding board, to have that advisory uh, of sorts, where, uh, you know, helping people out to, to get to the next level, I think is extremely valuable. Something that can only grow because, you know, both the industries, real estate is only going to continue to grow. Technology is going to continue to grow and integrate. Right. So, you know, I think that's an incredible uh, offering that you guys have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 enjoy it and, and, and you know, hopefully it adds some value to, to some folks. So, yeah. No, it does. What, what would you say, you know, in the growing, because this is a... a a company that's been around for a long time, like you said, uh, HLC has has been around for a long time. Have owned a lot of you know, properties, many different sectors of the real estate industry, and uh, you've gone through a lot of cycles, right? Yeah. Uh, what would you say is the the biggest challenge right now during this cycle currently? Well, I, I, clearly for you know for us, it's uh, it's pricing on assets. Uh, yeah, the, the the real estate world is specifically multifamily has become very, very expensive. You know, so whereas, you know, last year, despite regardless of the pandemic, we had plans to purchase, you know, at least a thousand units per year. It's it's purely a pricing issue where, you know, we we uh have challenges justifying a lot of the pricing that's going on right now. And so we still feel that multifamily over the long term is a very strong asset, but we are much more conservative in terms of our projections just because we operate our buildings you know, we've seen what's happened over for, you know, for many years. And so, you know, we see lots of offerings of extremely high growth still, even with the pandemic. And so people may, you know, justify very high prices. But I, I think that the, the biggest challenge is just the cap rate compression that's gone on over the last three, or three to four years. That's really what, what makes it the main challenge. So yeah. has, that, has that pushed you to explore uh, different markets that you, you hadn't previously considered? Well, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why I say, you know, like we haven't gotten into to some of the the newer ones that we're, that we've looked at, but I mean, there's obviously very attractive markets, and in a lot of ways, the pandemic pushed a lot of you know uh, market shifts that were already happening, right? So the the whole Sun Belt, Arizona, you know, there, there's lots of very attractive markets where there's still growth going on, and so we're definitely looking in there. It's still it, it, even there, though. Interestingly, that you know, the cap rates are not always. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to justify them. 
in, in a lot of circumstances. So, you know, what, what, what that has led us to lead to say, hey, how can we add value even with current reality? And so we, even though we started working on layers, you know, call it half a year to a year ago, it, 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 it actually shows where, you know, it's very beneficial because now when we go into a, a property, we don't necessarily buy a lot of the value add plays that are being pitched right now, but okay. it, it, is, it is the value add that we've created and it, it took a significant investment. So, you know, lots of people can try and replicate it, but to actually do it and to execute on it takes a big investment. And so that's, that's kind of more where we're, where we're looking to add our, our value right now at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it really pushed you guys to be creative to, you know, create value in a different way than I guess yeah. maybe uh, others, you know, traditionally consider what, you know, what they consider value add. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. It, I think that what's interesting is that everything that we're doing is trying to be uh, more consumer centric, which is something that didn't exist in real estate. And I mean that in two ways. One on, on layers, which is like our B2C operating you know model that we've discussed but the other one is we've been able to leverage technology to build a platform called hlc direct which is our direct to consumer investment you know kind of platform where private investors can come and they can invest in our you know multi-generational institutional level deals mm -hmm. but technology has allowed that in a lot of ways right and so so whereas you know traditionally there was always kind of like this if you call i don't know you call it middle middle man or middle person between, you know, the people actually running the property and the people who wanted to invest passively in the property. So now we've been able to open up this whole new channel through HLC Direct, where people can be direct with us and we can have direct communication. And I think that that also adds to a lot, you know, a lot, a lot more transparency. So a lot of those types of things are where I see the market shifting towards. It, it's happening in consumer goods. It's happening and it's happening big time in media, right? With streaming and Netflix and so forth. And I think that that's what's happening in, in the real estate space. And so that's what really excites us and where we see the opportunity. Wow. So is that like a, like a crowdfunding type platform that you've created that well, allows we people to directly invest? That. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like on the back of crowdfunding because crowdfunding, you know, there was still this kind of barrier between who the sponsor is and who the people crowdfunding were. So we call it right. direct to consumer because people are able to be direct with with us and we're able to be direct to our consumers. Gotcha. But yeah, in many ways you're right. Like if you go on our website, we have HLC Direct and that allows people to just immediately connect with us and to invest with us. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds like an option that everyone who is a multifamily you know, yeah. operator should have these type of uh, you know, implementations yeah. to, to just make it more user-friendly. Right, right, definitely. And, and the, the marketing and ad, I mean, the spend on it is, is like, you know, it's, it's very, it's like peanuts compared to, you know, marketing that used to take place in the real estate business. So yeah. 100%. yeah. That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to yeah. jump right into the final four now, Daniel. So the first question I ask all my guests is what is, what's the worst job that you ever had? You know, when I think about that, it's really hard for me to say that because, you know, I, I, I mean, every single job that I had, I, I just enjoyed because I just enjoy good old hard work. So I really don't have a good answer. I mean, I worked as a you know as as a ice cream server and you know when you know, i was a teenager it was like i was getting a check and i was just happy to have the productive job right and then i was in the military but then you know so obviously it was extremely challenging but at the same time it was extremely rewarding right and so i it's very i can't say that i had a worse job because first of all i believe everything is a stepping stone 
right? And then the other hand is like, if you look at it with the outlook that I try and look at things, I mean, it's all rewarding. So I really, I really can't say I had a, a worse job than, than awesome. the other. It's all just a stepping stone. That's awesome. Yeah. No, great answer. It's true. Everyone has a different perspective. And, and I, I love your perspective because it, it definitely has that outlook where, sure, it was challenging, but yeah. it was rewarding. And there right. are things you learned from it and things you, you grew from it. Would you do it again today? No, yeah. probably not, right? right? Those things. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like Definitely. you say, it's a process. Right. I mean, I, I can say that, you know, I, I, when I was, when I was uh, a teenager, I think I worked at a, a summer day camp for kids. And that was extremely challenging, right? <laughs> so, but, but again, it was a stepping stone. Would I go back to doing that? No. But do I have a newfound respect for people who work for, with kids? Definitely, right? <laughs> yeah, especially when you drop your, your own kids off <laughs> to them. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. What's a book that you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Yeah, so a book that I really just like and I go back to it uh, you know, from time, time to time is, uh, is called Essentialism, the uh, Discipline Pursuit of Doing Less. And I just found it very valuable in terms of my own life. And the best example they use there is is like if you have a wardrobe and you have tons of clothing, then you never really appreciate and know which clothing to wear. But if you have like your favorite, call it five to six pairs of pants and your favorite 10 shirts, then it's like you love what you're wearing. And so so that's like the basic. So you take that metaphor and you apply it to all of life. Right. And it's a powerful book. That's great. I love that metaphor also. You know, as a Hasidic Jew, I, uh, you know, I look in my wardrobe and I have a closet yeah. full of white shirts. Definitely. Black pants right. <laughs> in black coats. Like it's really simple. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I never yeah. have to think about what I'm wearing. Yeah, well, you know, that's what they say that the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Steve Jobs of the world, that's why they wore jeans and a t-shirt or a turtleneck. And so you, you are way ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. right? right. People think we're, you know, we're hundreds of years uh, in the past right. and we're right. really way ahead of the game because <laughs> we're yeah. able to fo focus on what's really important and not, uh, right you know, put our mind energy in, in this type of thing. So that's great. Essentialism. We'll put that in the, in the show notes and definitely on the reader list. Third question is what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? Um, you know, I, 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 I think languages are very powerful and I, I would, I think that Chinese is going to be a very important language, whether I like it or not to learn in the future. And so I would love at some point to, to learn Chinese just, for purely because I think it's going to be very practical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's a good, that's a good one. Good answer. Fourth and final question. What does success mean to you? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's such a good question because we, the, in the business world, we talk so much about money and at the end of the day, money is just a means to an end, right? So what is that end? So to me, you know, success is Anybody, any individual that, that is, is living a productive life that makes them happy and makes people around them happy. So it's not all about just somebody, oh, I'm happy, so I'm successful. It's more about, are you happy as a person and are you able to make people around you happy as well? Also, I think and without being done. happy yourself, it's very hard to make other people happy. hundred percent. And that's such a huge element that gets overlooked sometimes. People are just, well, you know, the thing is success and the thing, you know, I want to be happy and me being happy. But if you realize that, well, first of all, you're hundred percent right, that people right. around you won't be happy unless you're happy or it's much harder. But right. I don't think a lot of people even think about that. So when you turn the focus really outside yourself, and I think even if you flip it, yeah, it's much easier to be happy when 
you make other people around you happy. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. 100%. So, you know, Aviya, my wife, she has this thing that I put on social media the other day because it's just, it's so simple, but it all makes so much sense where she just said, she always says, like, if somebody has a hard time smiling or if somebody in the family, like one of, you know, our kids or me have a hard time or her sometimes. So she always says, just smile. It's free and it makes other people feel good. Right. right. So, so it's like, like it's, it's definitely like the little things that you can do that also are affect other people to, to be happy are very powerful. So I think, you know, ultimately if you're able to do that and to do it genuinely, that, that, that leads to success. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today, Daniel. I appreciate uh, you taking the, the time and uh, it's been a very rewarding conversation. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. And uh, you know, keep on doing the great stuff you're doing and we'll hopefully be in touch soon. Sure. Where can our listeners find you or, uh, or reach out sure. to you? Sure. The, the best thing to do is just if you go on our website, we have a contact form. And whether it's, you know, somebody wants to contact about HLC Direct for Investment, wants to contact about Layers Light to serve if you're an owner and operator and you're interested in learning more about that model or anything else, you can just go in the contact form and it will be forwarded to the right, right person. So awesome. So we'll put that link in the show notes below. That's hlcequity.com. Yep. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again. And to all our listeners, remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.